Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? I have the announcements today. So uh, the men's lunch and shootout, uh, it's the second annual one, is coming up on September 30th. Uh, we're going to arrive at uh, Genesis Farm for the shooting event at 9 o'clock. If you just want to come for lunch, uh, 1130 and devotion uh, will be at 1130. So uh, you don't have to come and shoot. If you want to shoot, um, start practicing now because there's some really good ones out there. So uh, another thing that uh, we're going to get started is a community outreach. Outreach? Rich? What? Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm out of breath already. It's nerve-wracking. Um, so basically what we're going to do is going to uh, go to local sporting events. So some at KCU, some at the high school. Uh, I want to meet up here, have a little lunch, hot dogs, hamburgers, or whatever, and then go to the sporting event. Um, if you want to come and do that and basically go and show the community, hey, this is FCC, we uh, are awesome and we're cool and we love your kids and we want you guys to come to our church, that's something that we're going to start doing. So once a month, the events are going to be posted on Facebook. If you're not friends with FCC on Facebook, get friends with it so you know which ones we're going to, when to meet up and stuff. I need help doing that. Uh, hi, I'm Chad. If you want to help me do that and organize that, please come and find me uh, once again uh, uh, with that. The next thing is a conference uh, I'm scheduling. It's October 5th through the 8th. Um, there's three different things this conference is hitting on. One is leadership. Um, it's like leadership of how to be a leader in the house, how to be a leader at church, and how to be a leader just in your community. Uh, another one is worship kind of all the same stuff, how to worship God. Another one is for uh, the, uh, they call it like, what, the new generation, Gen Z, something like that. So there's, a, there's something or classes for everybody in that. Um, it's a, probably a really cool thing to kind of go to as a family. It is seven hours away, but the church said, hey, we could use the church van. So it'd be really cool to get at least 15 people loaded up and go together on that. If you're interested in going to that, please find me afterward. Uh, we could talk more about that. So, Good morning. I'm going to be reading from Philemon chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house this morning. I thank you for each person sitting in the sanctuary. Thank you for each person who has a part in uh, bringing what you would have us to hear this morning, be with the worship team as they uh, lead worship. And, and I just pray, God, that um, everything that's done here this morning, that, that our voices are um, make you smile. God, may you be honored and glorified. And I just thank you for the heart of Philemon. Help, help us to be more like him, God, and, and um, just be your hands and feet. And um, he's, he, he did what you called us to do, and that's to love you and to love your people. Help us to be more like that. Be with Ben as he brings the message, Lord. May it land on our hearts, God. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit just settles on this service, God, and, and that you would uh, just remove any hindrance, God, uh, the invitation time, Lord, that people would step out and give their hearts and lives to you and um, bring all of our concerns to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would, let us all stand and sing together and thank Jesus for all he's done for us today. The life you gave, your body was broken, your love poured out, you bled and you died for me there on the cross, you breathed your last as you were crucified, you gave it all for me. 
the cross they're in the ground sealed in darkness lifeless laid the frame of the father's son in agony he watches only son be sacrificed and he gave it all for me lift this up hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a friend hallelujah king
the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone god we worship in your presence Lord. holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the giving thanks to the Lord today. And if you haven't already figured this out, when we are in song together as a family, we are singing and we're singing to God. We're in his throne room. You have access to that right now. You get to sing and give thanks to the God that created you, your father. So pour out your love to him. Pour out your adoration. Pour it all out to him. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often Every song must end, and you never do. Be in surrender, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a It's all that I have 
pray together. God, we truly have nothing good enough to offer you. Um, and I'm so sorry for um, our natural state like that. But, but God, I'm so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. And so that good can be in us and shine within us, God. And so we're so thankful we can have a relationship with you, that we can be, we can be with you, God. We just hope this morning that what we've sang so far in the reading of your word and anything that we've done, God, has been pleasing to you. But help us be pleasing to you in every single thing we do in our lives, not just here on Sunday mornings because, God, it's hard and we need your help. We can't do it in our own strength. We've got some things that are going on in our lives, and it's not all rainbows and butterflies all the time. But, God, you know that. and. You tell us that when we go through those things, it produces endurance. When we have perseverance like that, God, and I'm just, I'm thankful for those promises. And most importantly, though, God, I'm so thankful for the promise that you're always with us. I don't know what we would do without you, God. And so we raise our hands and, and we praise you again and again because we're just so, so glad that we have you, Lord. You are so precious and you are so beautiful in every single way. And we praise your name and we lift you on high Holy you are, God. Holy you are. We love you so much. And God, just, just allow everything here today just to soak into our hearts and to transform us and continue to sanctify us, God. We love you so much. And ask this all in Jesus' amazing name. Amen. You may be seated. morning, everybody. Um, my name's Greg Cherry. I'm one of the elders here at, at First Church. Um, 
and I can, I can stand up here confidently saying that I know that I'm not going to be the smartest man or person to, to stand up here, and I'm certainly not going to be the most well-spoken, uh, which is why I struggle whenever Ben asked me to, to come up here and speak, and just makes me wonder why he keeps doing it. <laughs> but um, now th- this week, while I was struggling, I, you know, talking to my wife and just thinking about things to, to speak about it, it made me think of something Miss Miss Abby Beck said um, just a few weeks ago up here. You know, most of the time it doesn't have to be this big, elaborate thing when you come up here and speak. Sometimes you just, as as she said, just need to keep it simple. You know, God's God's plan was and is still simple. You know, God loved us so much that He sent His only Son to live on this world. And he lived, a, he lived a perfect life. He lived without sin. He came down and lived with us sinners. And he was put on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And, you know, if, if we would just believe in him and trust in his word and be baptized, that we can live forever with him in heaven. So, you know, while I'm going to read a couple of verses, I'm going to ask everybody to... Um, everybody that has a communion element, to, to go ahead and get it out and, and get it ready. Um, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28, it, it says, uh, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Um, and that was something that we actually discussed in our elders meeting just, just last week. Um, and... You know, every week during communion, I, I try to, you know, reflect on, on myself and, and also my relationship with Jesus. Um, but during that time, Mark, Mark Hall kind of said it, and, and I totally agreed with him. I, I get as far as, ba- as about just thinking how awful I am and just how much I have sinned just in that previous week. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to ask today, we're going to take a couple of minutes uh, and we're really, I, I, I want to ask each of you to really, you know, reflect uh, on yourselves, as the scripture said, but also in your relationship with Christ. Uh, you know, and it also doesn't have to be that big, elaborate thing again, just as Miss Abby said. You can keep it simple as you want. So at this time, I'm going to ask to take a couple of minutes to just reflect over our communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I said you take it together. And also in, in verse 25, it reads, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Uh, Most gracious Heavenly Father, God, I'm just so thankful uh, that, number one, for this church 
and that we are uh, allowed here to come openly and, and freely. Um, I just pray now that uh, you be with us, um, be with Ben as, as he brings the message, and I just pray that um, you allow us to just get all of the, the thoughts and all the worldly things that, that happen throughout our week, and just set those aside, and we can the focus on what, what you have to say. Um, I just, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for all that you do for us, but most importantly, I'm thankful for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, and it's in Christ's name I pray. pray. Amen. Good morning, First Church. Just to let you know, number one, I can't compete with that level of cuteness. Uh, I'm not talking about Greg either. Right. <laughs> if, uh, if you're here with us for the first time this morning, uh, welcome. My name is Ben. I am the lead pastor here. If you are new to FCC and you didn't uh, receive one on your way in, uh, back in the back corner as you go out in the lobby, we have a newcomer's welcome packet that we would love for you to stop and pick up as you go out and connect with us and just talk and let us know that you're here. A um, couple things before I get into my message, uh, I want to bring our attention to, you know, Chad brought some announcements this morning. I want to make us aware of a couple more, and, and these are also in the uh, slideshow that as you're coming in, as you're leaving up on the screen, we've got some stuff coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got a, a, you know, a senior adult lunch that's happening at Johnny's. Uh, we also have something that, a couple things that are taking place a little bit more uh, you know, close to the date to date is this Wednesday, uh, the women's Bible study that my wife is leading is beginning here at the church. Uh, if you've talked to her uh, about the books and the study that you're going to be going through, all of the books and the study guides and everything have arrived. They're up here on the front row. Uh, so after service is over, if you'd like to uh, come up to this area and get your books. If you've not talked to her and you would like to be a part of that uh, Bible study that's coming up, uh, we ordered some extras, so we've got some up just after service is over. Come up and just chat with her and um, work out all the particulars that way. Also want to remind you of our offering here at First Church. Uh, I want to do this very specifically at this time to remind you that it is an opportunity to give your tithe and your offering into the church, into uh, our faith promise, which helps to support missions on a regular monthly basis. But we also wanted to take this opportunity and give a little plug to next week's offering. We're going to be taking up a love offering uh, for Kennedy and Jonathan Munson. Um, and, you know, she made the announcement last week that, uh, you know, next Sunday is going to be her last Sunday leading us in worship. And, uh, you know, Kim and I, we've, we've started referring to her as one of our Grayson daughters. And I absolutely love this young lady with everything in me. It hurts to see her go. I'm excited for the opportunity that uh, the Lord has opened up for she and Jonathan. But young ladies, high school, middle school young ladies in the room, this is why I say boys are bad. Things like this, boys are bad. But uh, Kennedy, just from my heart to you, I love you so much. Thank you for what you do, your heart for the Lord, his kingdom, and your heart for FCC and leading us into his presence each week. We're truly grateful for you. So yeah, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Uh, but next week, if you'd like to bless them with an offering, we'll be receiving that. You can just put that in the memo, whether you're giving um, you know, physically with an envelope here in the back or you're giving online, just make sure it's dedicated. Uh, you know, the memo is dedicated to Kennedy. Um, with that, uh, let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9. Um, Kelly has preached this past two weeks. His internship here is has been completed. Uh, he has kind of gotten this month's series, this study that we're currently in, Biblical Markers of a Healthy Church. He has kind of spearheaded that and developed that. He preached the first two weeks, and I would like to stand up here as physical evidence. It's contrary to the opinion of some. I am able to go two weeks without speaking, and the top of my head has not blown off. It is still intact. There may be far less hair there now, but it's still intact. Uh, but he has taken a couple weeks and set up some of these biblical markers of how you know that 
whether the church is completely healthy or not, you know that the church is on the right track by a couple of these things. One of them that he challenged us with out of the book of Luke the first week was that Jesus was both Savior and Lord. He was more than just a rescue operation, right? This certificate that we get, this kind of get-out-of-hell-free card, so to speak, that not only is he our Savior, but he is the Lord of our lives. Like we are surrendering ourselves to him. When we come to Jesus, we are laying control and being the master of our own destiny in our own lives. We're laying that down at the foot of Jesus and saying, I and my life am yours. You're not only my Savior, but you're my Lord. And that has to be evident in our church. Jesus can't just be the Savior here at FCC. He is Lord here at FCC. That everything we do, everything needs to be targeted to him, with him, in focus, in his glory. None of the rest of y'all get any ideas, okay? All right, you can't get out of here. Second week, he, he ties this in with Jesus is not only Lord in our love for him, but we have to love one another, right? He talked out of John 17, this priestly prayer, this, this cry of Jesus to the Father of God, as you and I are one, let them, may they be one. This unity in believers, this unity in the fellowship, this unity between brothers and sisters, that first week was the love for the Lord. Second week, love for each other. And that's kind of propelled us into this week that if a healthy church loves the Lord as both Savior and Lord, and a healthy church loves one another, there's another area of love that has to be evident in our midst as a healthy church body, and that is a love for others. More specifically this morning, a love for the lost. Now, all of these areas of love, this is based on Christ's love. This is not natural for us, right? None of these things truly come as natural to our hearts. Like to love Jesus as Savior, that's one thing. Yeah, okay. Somebody write a blank check? Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, all of those blessings, all of those great things? Yes, please, I'll take those. That's easy. But for us to say yes to him being Lord of our lives, that's not something that comes natural to us, is it? Like to entrust the control of someone else in our lives doesn't come naturally to us. Now, I, 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 want you to, I want you to look around at your neighbors there. Just kind of take it. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to smack somebody or anything. Even though you may want to, don't. But just look around at them. Even if you are in the same household as that person, even if that person may have given birth to you, there are going to be times that you loving that person will not come naturally. Amen. <laughs> you can say it now. It's fine. It's like, like, right? Like, I love this person with everything in me most of the time. The fallback statement is, as the Lord has commanded me to love, you never said anything about me liking you. <laughs> you see, these things they don't love for one another doesn't always come naturally to us, does it? And I can promise you, love for people that have different beliefs in what we have, that have different moral compasses, different ideas, different theologies, different philosophies, that type of love does not come naturally to us. And I think that that's why Romans 12, 1 and 2 are so important. Uh, the next slide, please, if you wouldn't mind, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, only by being a living sacrifice. There's so much that hinges on this passage out of Romans chapter 12. This love 
does not come naturally to us because it's Christ's love. It is the love that he has. And in order for us to experience that love, but to also extend that love to others, we must be a living sacrifice. I I have the opportunity, I have the blessing of being able to pray with some of my brothers each and every Sunday morning in my office. And one of my prayers this morning was, God, allow me to be on the altar of sacrifice for you. I want to be a living sacrifice. The problem that I have is I get up off that altar far too often. Like it's a living sacrifice, which means I can move. But this love is impossible for us unless we're not conformed to the world, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, and that happens through being a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. So, as we step into this message on love for the lost— Keep in mind that this love is not natural to you, but it is natural to him. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I want to read a passage here starting with verse 19. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside of the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Quick word of prayer this morning. Father, I pray that you take this word and you open it to us right now. God, I pray that you open our hearts to receive your word. I open our ear, I ask that you open our ears to hear your word and Holy Spirit cultivate in us uh, whatever this word needs to speak, whether it's comfort, whether it's a challenge, whether it's conviction. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir in our hearts. Father, I pray right now that you would help me to deliver this word, to divide it rightly, to say what needs to be said, to not say anything that doesn't, God, to be concise, to be simple, and to preach the word in boldness and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. When was the last time you shared the good news of the gospel with someone who was lost? When was the last time that you told someone who didn't know Jesus about the sacrifice of Jesus? I didn't like that answer when I had to ask myself that a little bit earlier this week. Because here's where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable talking to people throughout the week here in the church. I'm comfortable talking to you in here on Sunday mornings. I'm comfortable talking to people who know the Lord, who serve Him, who have surrendered their lives to Him. You know when it gets challenging to talk about Jesus? Because I can sit here and talk to you all about Jesus all day. And trust me, I'm never going to run out of words. It's been two weeks, right, Billy? It's been two weeks. I've got plenty of words. That's where I'm comfortable talking about Jesus. I'm a little bit more uncomfortable whenever it comes to talking about Jesus to someone who may not be so receptive to it. Anyone else? Anyone else? When was the last time that you shed a tear for the lost in this world? When was the last time that you wept for someone in your family or someone you worked with or someone that you're close with, a friend? When was the last time you wept because they didn't know Jesus Christ? You see, I have a feeling 
It's not a great feeling, but I have a feeling that we as a church have gotten and become far too polished. We've become far too buttoned up and everything in order and everything just tidy and everything just so-so. Heaven forbid someone see us get emotional for the lost. Jesus himself wept over an entire city. I, I would dread to think of where I would be if it weren't for men and women, saints of God who have gone on before me. I would hate to think of where I would be if it weren't for the tears they shed for me before I came to know Jesus. You see, we're not a faith that's based on feeling, right? This is not about feelings. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're not a, a faith that's based on feelings, but I'm afraid that we have become so detached emotionally that we have no feeling whatsoever when it comes to the urgency for people to know Jesus Christ. Y'all okay out here? We okay? All right. Good. You see, I think that the problem begins with us having to put on this facade and this veneer as a Christian that, praise God, I have everything together. Everything's okay. Again, going back to my favorite meme, the little dude sitting at the table with the coffee, fire all around him. It's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. Everybody, anybody ever feel like your life's that way? Like everything is like burning down around you and you're just like, it's fine. Everything's fine. We see what happens is we try to convince ourselves of that so much that we embrace it as truth and that's what others perceive about us is that we come in here on Sundays, we come in here whenever the doors are open, we meet each other out in public, and we could be living an absolute train wreck of a day, and all of a sudden I turn a corner in Ralph's, and I'm just like, hey brother, <laughs> praise God, how are you? Right, am, am I the only one? I hope I'm not the only one. But what happens at that point is we begin to lose our sensitivity to the urgency of the lost and dying and hopeless that are surrounding us. Every day of our lives, we encounter people who are longing, who are searching, who are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But yet, heaven forbid, we talk to them about it because we, don't, we may have to open up and say that maybe not everything's just hunky-dory in our lives. Now, I want to ask you to be a little bit transparent in here this morning by a show of hands. How many of you in here came into this place struggling with something this morning? Like, I'm dealing with something. But yet, we're surrounded by a culture, not only church, but in this world also, that feeling things is a bad thing. So we try to numb ourselves to these feelings. We try to numb ourselves from the pain, from the grief, from the sadness, from the hurt. When Scripture says that it's our responsibility in Romans chapter 12 that we need to weep with those who are weeping to grieve with those who are grieving, to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. God is saying we need to feel with others. He said that, and Paul's referring to the Sermon on the Mount which Jesus is talking about. Church, I feel like it's so far removed for us to honestly open up and weep, not only for what's happening in us, but weep for the lost, the hopeless, and the dying that are surrounding us in our communities. Paul is telling us here that for the weak, I became weak. For the strong, I became strong. For the Jew, I became a Jew. For the ones that was under the law, I came under the law. For the ones that was outside the law, I came as them. Because all I wanted to do was see them saved. I wanted to connect with them. I wanted to love them. I wanted to connect with them on a level that would touch them genuinely in their inner person.
But we struggle with those types of things. And I believe one of the reasons that we struggle so much with genuinely connecting, not only with other believers, as Kelly challenged us to last week, but connecting to those outside the world is we're afraid of the perception that people may have that I struggle. Paul said to the weak, I became weak. And you don't have to look. Paul's one of the chief ones that says, listen, I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've asked God to remove it from me three times. And God said, nah, my grace is sufficient for thee. We look at Paul and we're like, well, it's easy for him to talk to people. He had it all together. No, he didn't. Listen, I, 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 I consumed a large portion of the Old Testament this week. And one of them, one of the things that I saw through this is that, how many of you know about an Old Testament character named Jacob? Like, turned into Israel, right? God changed him, built a nation out of this dude. He was the worst. <laughs> Jacob was the absolute worst. He was deceiving his father who was blind. In the midst of the deception, his father asked him a question. He was like, how'd you find it so fast? How'd you do it so fast? Jacob goes, the Lord showed me favor. Think about that. In the midst of him deceiving his father, in the midst of his lie, in the midst of all of this, he invokes the name and the character of God. God's like, I can use that guy. I can make a nation out of him. Listen, friends, there's hope for y'all yet. <laughs> I mean, there's hope for you. There's hope for me. But if we're genuinely going to love the lost, then we have to recalibrate some things about our lives. Amen? I mean, we're going to have to change some things. Because I don't know how many of you were able to answer that one of those first questions, when was the last time you shared the gospel of Jesus with the, someone who was lost? You may still be thinking about it. Right? We have to recalibrate the way that we view the lost. Because guess what? The lost are not your enemy. Because you came into this world, you lived in the same state, and if it wasn't for the grace of God, that's where we would still be as believers. It's nothing you've done. It's nothing that I've done. John tells us that Jesus' purpose, one of his purposes for coming to the earth was to seek and save the lost. How many of you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Many of you believe that he lived a perfect, sinless life? Okay. Many of you believe that he was crucified, that he rose from the dead, that he's coming back, and that he is our perfect example to live by. Did Jesus seek and save the lost? Yes, so should you. I don't get much deeper theologically than that. Did Jesus do it? Yep, you should too. But I want to I would just give us three areas of, of the life of Jesus that I believe that we need to truly and effectively begin to love the lost better. And the first one is that we need to love them with the heart of Christ. We need to love the lost with the heart of Christ. Again, Jesus wept over an entirety of a city. Jesus came and he dined with the sinners. He met with and spent time with investing and ministering to and loving the people who were social outcasts. Jesus spent times not primarily in the synagogues, not primarily in the temple, but out where he said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray that the Lord would send workers into the harvest. That's where he spent time. And now let's, let's even take it out, zoom it out to a grander scale. Jesus has such a heart and a love for the lost that he came from heaven in the first place. For God so loved the world, the people, 
that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need to adopt the heart of Jesus when it comes to loving the lost. And again, it doesn't come naturally to us. The heart is deceitful above all things. All right, that's, what, that's what Solomon said in Proverbs, right? Like you can't trust your heart because it's going to deceive you. Your flesh is going to betray you. Your flesh is going to work contrary to what the kingdom of God does. Paul says in Romans that our flesh and our spirit are at a tug of war constantly fighting within us. We cannot effectively love the lost like we're commanded to love the lost unless we do it with Jesus' heart. Amen? The second is that we need to see the lost through Jesus' eyes. There are so many filters that this world can put over our eyes and tell us how we need to see other people. Don't agree with you politically? Put a filter on there. They don't agree with you morally, put a filter on there. They don't believe with the way that you believe, put a filter on there. They don't make the same amount of money, put a filter. They don't drive a certain thing, put a filter. They don't belong to this economy, put a filter. They didn't like your rant on Facebook about one of these other filters, put another filter. Right? It gets down to the place of, the filter of who'd they vote for? Which political party do they support? You see, we've been conditioned with all of these filters that the world puts against us. It's like, do they come from the same place you come from? Do they believe the same things? Do they, do they, do they worship the same God? Did their mama make cornbread like your mama makes it? And if you don't make cornbread like my mama makes it, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I just, that's the truth. But there's so many filters that this world tells us that we need to see other people through. And the only filter this book requires us to see others through is the filter of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because if you want to get right down to it, at the end of the day, we're all bloody messes. If you're covered by the blood... You're a bloody mess. And that blood that he shed on Calvary's cross, that blood was not just atoning for me. It wasn't just atoning for you. It was atoning for anyone. Everyone, regardless of lifestyle, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of habits, regardless of tendencies, regardless of ideologies, regardless of any of that, his blood was shed for them as much as it was shed for you and I. Thank you. This side of the church, good. I'm going to give you one, two, three. Amen. There we go. All right. So we need to learn how to love the lost with Jesus' heart. We need to learn how to love the lost by seeing them through Jesus' eyes. And the last thing is we need to love the lost by reaching them with Jesus' hands reaching them with his hands. And here's what I mean by that. If you're going to reach the lost with Christ's hands, you're going to have to sacrifice. How do you think Jesus reached out for us? He sacrificed himself. He gave himself. Totally innocent, totally vulnerable, totally unjust in what he went through but that is the way that his hands reached us, is that he was willing to sacrifice for us. Now, I could go into, a, stand on a big soapbox right now. I'm going to try not to. About how everything in our society, even in our churches, has become it's self-centered. How does it serve me? 
Do I like it? Does it make me feel good? Because it's all about me, right? The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 9 begins to make this statement. He said, oh, I would if I could for myself to be accursed so that it may save some. Oh, that I would be damned for eternity if I could save some others. Now, Paul wasn't presenting this as theology. He knew that that wasn't how it worked because it's about the sacrifice of one that we're saved. But Paul was giving them an example to this church at Rome as he sat in a prison cell in Rome writing and saying that, oh, if I could, I would lose my salvation myself, bound and destined for an eternity in hell so that others might be saved. If that isn't countercultural to what we're facing now and what rises up from within us, because it's about me. It's about me getting mine. It's about me protecting mine. It's about me serving mine. But God said that I love the world so much that I came and sacrificed everything that I had. I laid down my life. What greater love does a man have for a friend that they would lay down their life for them? I ask you again, when was the last time that you shed a tear for someone that was lost? Yeah, I don't have time to get into it, but the, the, the encounter of the rich man and Lazarus and, and when the rich man was in hell and he looked up and he was like, he was asking for something. But it wasn't asking for a deliverance from where he was. If you read that story, you'll see the request of send someone to tell my loved ones. Send someone to tell others they don't want to be where I'm at. When was the last time we felt this urgency that we were driven so much by the love for the lost that we were willing to get uncomfortable in our conversations with others? So just really quickly, 555 principle I want to challenge you guys with this week. I want you to think of five names of people who are in your life, whether they're family, friends, coworkers, anything. Five names of people who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who have not surrendered themselves to Jesus in their lives. So five names. I'm going to ask you to pray for five minutes each day. You've got it. I promise you, you do. And I'm not even going to ask you to pray five minutes for each of the names. A minute for each name. Take one of those names, pray for them for one minute. And then the last five is I, in that same time of prayer, I want you to pray that God would give you five opportunities each day to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I, I'm a firm believer that there are no coincidences in the kingdom of God. I believe that God, if we asked, I believe that he will be faithful in placing us in spots, in situations, in areas, that if I pray, God, send me, lead me, guide me to the place where I can share your good news, he'll do it. Five people, five minutes, five conversations. I want to ask the praise team if they would to come back up, please. I'm going to pray a prayer here in just a moment. We're going to open up. The time, a time of invitation for you to respond to what God's doing in your heart. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've not surrendered your life to him, I would encourage you to do so this morning. If you're here and you're struggling, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a, you're a believer and I've been baptized. 172 years ago that happened. But I'm struggling. Come up and have, have some people pray for you. 
But here's what I'm going to pray, and then I would challenge you to step out and, and receive prayer for this morning. It's for boldness. Because it is not comfortable to step out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Pray with me. Father, give us boldness. As the disciples said in Acts 4, how they had just been in prison. They were arrested for sharing the gospel. And after they were released, they went to a prayer meeting, and when they were asked, what do you want us to pray for? They said, pray that we have more boldness to share your good news. God, the very thing that could wind up getting us thrown back into prison, or maybe even worse, God, I need more boldness to share your gospel. And Father, I pray that that is our heart's prayer this morning. God, give us boldness that we may share, declare, without hesitation, the love that you have for the lost. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Prayer team, if you would, please come forward. The rest of you, if you would, let's stand to our feet and let's worship again this morning. out. <laughs> if you bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful time that we could gather together and learn more about you. But God, thank you um, for convicting me personally. I know I'm sure that you've convicted other people in this room to go and just sacrificially love the lost of this world. God, and I pray that we would take that challenge that Ben gave us, but that you would help us by your power. And I know that you will, God, um, to love you know, five people um, just to help, you know, and pray for them. But even more than that, just in our everyday encounters with people. Um, God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the perfect example for us to live by. 
Um, and whenever we're not sure what to do, we can always look to him for guidance because um, he he did it all and he did it and he did it perfect. And so we're thankful for that. Lord, just be with us um, throughout the rest of our weeks and bring us back here next Sunday. Just being ready to meet with our brothers and sisters. But God, um, give us opportunities throughout the week just to dive into other groups um, here in the church, whether it's CR or Bible studies or um, doing outreach with people, just whatever it is, God, that we would just be the church and we would be it for you. Lord, we love you so much and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great week.